Aloha, everybody, and welcome to Coffee Welcome, Ritual. ladies and gentlemen, to the seventh. Oh, <laughs> it wouldn't be our show if we didn't have a technical glitch or two. Mike, Mike how you doing, buddy? That's my bad, man. I blatantly put that intro over an old episode, and I usually turn it off. And then, obviously, I was like, why is there two Jeffs on the screen? So I am so sorry, Jeff. How are you? I'm good, man. Hey, you know what? We are pushing towards... <laughs> Our 80th show it's amazing i by my count this is 77 but i think you've got 76 right i've put 76 up that, that that could be wrong but it sounds like it could be 77 with 78 for thanksgiving next week watch this space jeff who knows who you could have on for that jerry jones uh, the Ford family. We're, we're gonna have we always have big time guests and today's no exception owen thomas is in he says hello coach Every, it's tribe time. You are right. It is time to talk to the tribe and talk a little ball. And man, oh man, we have got a, I would say a great guest, but a topical guest tonight. And uh, he is now the kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. And his name's Liram Hajrahagu. And I've had the pleasure of coaching Liram in actually two different leagues, both in yeah. the Canadian Football League and in the Spring League. And is one of my favorite guys. And a great, great success story that we're going to get into tonight. But first, I, I'd like to welcome Liram to the show. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Thanks for having me, Coach. Uh, it's my pleasure. You know it's my pleasure. Um, I, I want to get right into this because mm -hmm. I, I know we don't have you for a long time, but um, you are not. Uh, uh, your journey has been a securitous one, mm -hmm. and to say the least, because it actually started in Europe, did it not? No, absolutely it. Uh, and um, just to give you a little bit of background for the audience uh, that don't know me as well, um, I know we've talked about it quite a bit, but uh, you know, I started way back in 99 uh, when there was a war in uh, Eastern Bloc and uh, out we were living in a small country called Kosovo. And um, because of the whole um, Yugoslavia taking over Croatia, Bosnia, and the last little piece of the old Yugoslavia was Kosovo. And so we were actually very fortunate to be alive, to be honest, uh, because when they came down to our little country, we were, uh, we were more located, more Eastern uh, on the map. And they were coming from the uh, North, uh, Northwest, coming from Bosnia and Croatia. And uh, we had, uh, we had been kicked out of our homes and we were headed towards Serbia to go across to Bulgaria, but we get to the border and they're like, yeah, we're not letting you into Serbia to go to Bulgaria to get free. And so we actually had to come back to our town and uh, basically it's a huge blockade of everyone in their cars and tractors. And uh, we head back to our little village and we're there for a week. And that week alone was you know, no school, no nothing. You just, um, it was just a really scary time for for me i was nine years old and i still remember quite a bit of it and uh, i just remember you know because we have a, quite a bit of mountains behind us and we're at the very bottom of the valley and you can see snipers all around um coming in and you can hear them shooting at nighttime and you know we'd always wonder as soon as you heard of snipers you know did they kill somebody or what happened so it was just a um, very scary time when i was young and um that really um you know, put a little bit of scary moments in my, in my time. But um, as soon as that week was over, we were able to, um, you know, our next step was 
we have to leave again. Uh, we were going to be kicked out of our homes. And right before that, we were lined up all on the wall on our main street. And you just had uh, Serbian um, uh, soldiers walking back and forth, told us throw our keys, throw any valuables we had across the street. And we're literally against the wall, the whole town. And uh, I just like, I, like the other day I was thinking about, just to sidetrack, just thinking like, you know, just a fear of, you know, as kids, you you understand it, but not really. But as a as a parent, the things that could be going through your mind at that time, it's like you're lined up against the wall and there's, you know, soldiers every two feet with AK-47s ready to point at you and shoot at any moment. And uh, to be able to be let go and be like, hey, you have 24 hours to get out of here and you're going to go towards the northwest where all the crap was happening. Uh, like that's where you know, genocide at the at its peak was happening. And for some luck of the draw, uh, our head guy from our town, because everyone is just basically everyone's following the first car out of the town, uh, not leaving anything behind. And, you know, it's like, what do you take? You take your flowers, you take this, uh, like water, just some of the uh, necessities that you might need in case something does happen. And uh, I just remember my, my dad taking like all our photos and and this is when like it really hit. Um, he's like, "Hey, we're gonna hide these photos. We're gonna bury these photos behind this shed. Uh, no one will be able to see this. So, God forbid something happens to us, you'll have memories of us uh, for the pictures that we did have." And right there, that was just like, man, like I, I like as nine years old going through something like this, it's like surreal. And the fact that when we're leaving, we're on this big convoy and we're told to go north northwest where all the crap was happening and for some reason we end up heading down south towards macedonia and we get to the border and then they're not letting us on and they're like you're not supposed to be here you're supposed to go a different direction giving us hell and we end up uh, sleeping the night in like in our cars and next morning things uh words got out that hey our little town was in big trouble for pulling a move like this and um, luckily, the Macedonian border were like, hey, anyone who's from this town, our little town, Perlepnica, everyone needs to come like through the border right now before it's too late. And of course, there's other towns there that have been waiting to go over, but they haven't been allowed to go over. And they're like, oh, we're from there as well. So you can just imagine the amount of people trying to crowd a border just to get free. And uh, we got really lucky. We got over. Uh, we were in a refugee camp for two weeks and then our names actually came up for the United States because you can sign up. Hey, I want to go to Australia. I want to go to whoever was accepting refugees at the time. And we had heard all the European countries like, hey, you can come here until the war is over. But once the war is over, you have to go back. And my dad always wanted to come to uh, Canada just because he had five uncles uh, in Canada. So he always wanted and heard great things about it. The fact that you had some family support, he always wanted to go there. But our names actually came up to go to the States first because they were accepting more refugees. And then uh, one of our uncles, he was uh, he's very uh, successful engineer in Calgary and he was work he had known some people from the embassy in Canada and up speaking to them and like, hey, we got to get these guys on this plane. Um, but in order to do that, you have to retract your name from the States and put your name in the hat basically to go to Canada and say Canada doesn't allow you, then now you're SOL. Oh, so man. another crazy moment. And so our cousins actually took um, 
our spot and they're actually in North Carolina. So when I had signed with Car uh, Carolina Panthers last year, they're like on top of their mind uh, because they're huge, huge fans. Um, so they end up going to Carolina under the same last name. Uh, and then we end up putting our names there and our uncle was like, hey, just put your name there. We're trying our best. You know, I'm on the phone every day trying to get there with the embassy to get you on the plane. And both my dad, so my dad, um, my family with my parents, and my sisters were five of us. And then my uncle, um, my dad's older brother and his two kids were the other four people. So we were the last nine people on the last plane to Canada to leave the refugee camp. So um, make long story short, uh, uh, we got to Canada and soccer. I played soccer all my life. And of course, now it's soccer is much more developed in Canada. But back then it was just like play one day or you practice one day, you play one game. So it wasn't as serious. Um, and so I didn't get involved uh, until grade 10. Um, when I had, when grade nine I had a coach, it was just uh, coach Darcy McArdle was like, just come out for football, come out for football. I'm like, no, it's too dangerous. I want to play soccer and basketball. And I'm like, He's like, you'd be great. You know, you got big legs. Like they would never be able to tackle you. <laughs> hey, wait a second now. This is yeah. the same. This is the same kid that was standing against a brick wall. Yeah. With soldiers with AK-47s, you know, driving to who knows where. Yeah. Can't get across the Macedonian border. Yeah. Gets the. I mean. You must have been steeled against anything, and you're a little worried about a little football game. Come on, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what I was asked on the on the weekend after the game. Do you feel any jitters? And I'm like, man, like as as crazy as it sounds, honestly, I, I've played so many games, as you know, in the CFL, and we've been together through a lot, uh, you know, in crazy weather games, uh, and you know, in the Canadian Football League up in Hamilton, that stadium uh, has no mercy for anyone how that wind blows so uh when it came to playing in, in dallas you know it was, for me it was like like you're saying it, it, there's no pressure there I, i'm uh i'm just thankful to be alive never mind playing a sport uh in like the biggest stadium in the world so what well, now you go and make the transition or mm -hmm. make, at least go try football yeah yeah he had he had said just come and try it for one day one day, and if you don't like it, I'll never bother you again. And most guys in high school, they would always try like grade 12. like, hey, you know, I'm just going to do it for fun. But, you know, those guys that always, uh, and the stories I always heard is like, when, in those grade 12s, their most biggest regret was I should have tried it from grade 9. You know what I mean? And so um, me in grade 10, I'm saying like, hey, I'm going to try it. And, of course, you know, with uh, the coach knew I was athletic in terms of playing like the kicking position, but he thought I could use me in other ways too. So I actually ended up playing O line as a right tackle, <laughs> a right guard, a right guard. My apologies, I was a right guard, uh, and I had a really good uh, tackle. That anytime I had a big guy in front of me, I just have to take half the guy, and he'd have two. He'd hold on to one and punch at the other. <laughs> All right, then yeah. you, you you go to Western Ontario University, yep. which for a lot of our international viewers may not understand. That is one of the premier academic and one of the best mm -hmm. football schools in the country. Have a great college career. Mm -hmm. Drafted into the CFL. Undrafted. I, undrafted. I, you were undrafted? Brett Lothar and uh, Billy Pavopoulopoulos, if I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, both of them were drafted my year, um, and I was undrafted. And uh, 
East West Bowl, uh, which is was always held, not always, but quite often held at, at Western in May. And I had ran into uh, Kyle Walters the one year. Uh, and I'm like, Kyle, what do I need to do to play in the CFL? Um, and he's like, you know what, Liram, it just your field goals are good. Uh, kickoffs are great. It just if you're going to be a Canadian, you got to do all three. And uh, half my career, Daryl Wheeler, uh, who's one of my kicking coaches now, um, he did the the punting and I did the field goal kicking. So it wasn't until my fourth year I started punting. So I only had one year of actual punting experience. So I decided to come back and do my master's in uh, sports management and uh, coaching and leadership. So um, and then I decided to come back. And that's when I had a little bit more experience. Our team did really well. Uh, we went all the way to the national semifinals and uh Kyle called me the week of the Monday after that. And that's when I first signed in Winnipeg. And that's when my very first time against Brett La- uh, Maher was yep. uh, during that camp. It's, it's amazing fans. Yeah. I have been so lucky, so fortunate to have some really, really outstanding kickers. And mm-hmm. Lyrum now is, is the th- third or fourth tie long. Who was mm-hmm. in BC is now running yep. for the Chargers. Yesterday, <laughs> Brett Maher, who yeah. was with us here in mm-hmm. Hamilton, and then was with the Cowboys. Yeah, right. Yourself, mm-hmm. Justin Medlock. Mm-hmm. Right. We. I've been really fortunate, but let me tell you something. This guy, right, that you that you're listening to today, is probably my favorite, and and. I, I don't know if I've been around a kicker who was a better teammate than Liram is. Um, and I would, I will tell you fans that uh, here's an example. Liram would take out of his own money, buy pizzas for the special teams players to encourage them to watch extra film after, after they, they didn't need yeah. to be there. It wasn't required to be there, but he would, I mean, he, is that that kind of teammate and Liram, this journey that you've been on, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, you know, one of our, one of our big fans, Barrelissimo, um, who's a huge bears fan. He said, put this, just sent this in. He said, waking up, not knowing if today is your last day is pressure. Football is fun. Absolutely. You've been on an incredible, incredible journey. Mm-hmm. And anybody that thinks this has been easy, Mm-hmm. has really has to understand how many times have you been cut or told you weren't good enough? Uh, well, NFL alone, I think this was my 11th or 12th try uh, to have a workout. And uh, so I, I've gone through it all. And to go back to your point for some of the listeners in the CFL, there's actually a, a CFLPA rule where you can only practice for four and a half hours. So we all, you either start at nine o'clock or one thirty. So most times teams start at nine, and then we have to end by one thirty. So at one thirty, guys are allowed to flee away and go do their own thing, and you know. But uh, over the time, I, I realized that some of the best because Canadian football is three downs, and some of the best teams and uh, are that go far in the playoffs are the ones that have very strong, um, very strong special teams unit. And as much as the coaching has to do with it and uh, putting us in, in a right strategy, but it was always the fact that 
guys didn't have enough tape, uh, enough film to watch what other teams are doing. And I believe, strongly believe in 2019, why we were so successful was because guys, you know, spent that extra half an hour of, you know, just grabbing a bite to eat with, with the guys, get to know each other a little bit better, build that camaraderie off the field. But when you get on the field, you know, you're talking about these type of things. And I think that's why it kind of led us to be, um, more successful and to me i thought that was a no-brainer so as long as guys were willing to come spend an extra you know 40 50 bucks a week uh just to get the guys together in the room which would pay dividends later to potentially be enshrined and we were so close to winning the great cup that year and to be enshrined forever in hamilton Tech has history i thought that was the least i could do you know and just put these guys in the room together because as, as coaches uh, they're not allowed to be like hey you need to be here it's all voluntary uh, they only have you between 9 and one thirty. So when guys come in to work out, you either work out before or after if you want. But, you know, if you care about your job, you will, uh, of course. But uh, it was just some things that I try to do to help our team to kind of, you know, get over the hump of uh, what's been uh, trying to get that great cup. Um, but, yeah, as far as the journey, um, it, like nothing is easy, like, but – I wouldn't trade it for the world just because um, like even, I've been contacted by obviously the Ticats and Winnipeg and um, just because they've been um, wanting to see if I'm willing to come back to CFL. And you know what? And I, every time I talk to Berkey or you coach or anybody else, it was never about, hey, I, it's about the money. For me, it was always about I want to reach that next step. You know, I've I played in the CFL for six years. Um, I was fortunate enough to win a great cup. I've done what I needed to do at this moment. I just want to try and see if I can reach this next level of playing in the NFL. It's one of those things when, you know, when someone tells you you can't do something, it gives you that fire of like, yes, I can. And I'm willing to put everything in my power and my uh, energy towards uh, getting to that. Uh, but with that being said, like, without a support system, you know how important that is without, you know, your wife and your parents and your sisters and brothers and everyone around uh, your inner circle and your coaches, if they're not all bought into the same uh, thing, it, it, the train's not going to go anywhere. And that goes with the teams as well. Okay. Now explain, explain to our viewers. Mm -hmm. I know you personally, I yes. know what you're made of, right? Mm -hmm. um, people outside, the noise. We always talk about the outside yeah. noise, right? And you mentioned 11 times you've been told you weren't good enough mm -hmm. or that somebody was better than you or, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a yeah. million ways to say it, right? right? You've been in Carolina. You've been in Dallas before. You've been with the Rams. I, yeah. I, I can't even name them all, right? Yeah. When, how did you deal with it when people said, what are you doing? Go back um, to the CFL, go back. Yeah. You never, you know, quit quit on this dream. It's, yeah. you know, you're close, but yeah. did, you ever, it, did it, you ever think about giving it up and just saying, I'm going to go back and yeah, I can be an all-star in the CFL forever? And Yeah, no, I, like obviously those thoughts come through your mind, but, um, you know, every year, once a year, once we have a new year, both my wife and I actually sit down and write our goals. We actually write them down. Okay, what are our uh, family goals, football goals, career goals, whatever it is? We both write our goals. We have in a big white, uh, like we got one of those things from the dollar store, and we write them down on what why I want to achieve those. And because I'm a firm believer of goal setting, 
And, uh, you know, I've been told no all my life in terms of, you know, like I was never supposed to play football. I was never supposed to be alive in the first place. So for me, like someone had said once, so you're playing with house money. It's like, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't consider my life as house money, but like, you know I mean? In terms of football, um, you know, cause the thing is with football is I can always, um, I can always like go work. I have my MBA in finance. I have a master's in in leadership and coaching. So I have that aspect of my life set up to whenever I do stop playing, I can go. Um, but for me, it was, it was more or less is like, yes, I'm being told no. I, and the fact that for me, it was I was seeing guys in these workouts that were playing and, you know, you go to some workouts, you could be better than that guy. But, you know, for some reason, teams saw something in him and they want to keep him for for uh to sign him and the fact when i see all those i'm like okay well if this guy i wasn't in workout with this guy and i know how good he is and i know how good i am so when i kept like comparing every workout i obviously sit down and be like okay this guy's did this better than me or i did better than this guy in this scenario and so i every time every workout I just go back and trying to fix not fix but get better at improve, what my improve it. yeah improve exactly that area so i can get a more, a more common yes than no and when I was seeing some of the guys I, I went up against and I was training with them, I'd go to like the Zoner camps. And I'm like, this guy's a four-year pro and like, and I can't play in the NFL. It's like, because for some reason, this, the CFL gets discounted as, as not as a, like a tough league. But in my opinion, playing with wider hashes, playing in the, some of the weather that we play, playing in a bigger field where every punt, every kickoff, pretty like 99.9% .9 of the kickoffs get returned. Um, I find it, the CFL is a lot more difficult and the CFL I'm doing all three where here, I'm just doing kickoffs and field goals. Well, I think that's a great point, you know, because we've had American kickers every year come up and try this game. Yeah. And the angles are so different. They are. The field is so different. The whole thing is different. So I wanted to, I want to just touch on it sure. because you, you mentioned that, um, you go to the Rams mm -hmm. and you're the best kicker in training camp. Yeah. In the preseason. 100%. You have the, you have the best percentage. You, I mean, no matter how you slice it, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I monitored it really closely. Yeah. They should have kept you. Mm -hmm. And in the end, you get Les Snead gives you the call. How did they, what did they say to you about that? You know, coming up to it, because I'm going to be uh, honest here uh, and like, because they had drafted Sam Sloman and they brought McGinnis and myself in uh, in mid-April. And uh, through the first week, like I was leap years ahead. And I kept, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wow you with my leg. I have a 60-yard leg, but I'm not gonna get out to 70 on a every single day. I'll get out there when I need to, but not every single day. And so I I just kept being consistent all camp long, whether it was preseason. Uh, we had like the preseason, which was the mock games, everything else. And I have every every kid jotted down. I have their timing. I have everything that was like being uh, uh, like um, reported basically during our practices. And in my humble uh, opinion, I would like to say that I was a minimum of twelve percent better than both of them at twelve percent and twelve percent. And that's like me saying that because I was there. Yeah, from what I, I said, and I'm, I'm with you. I, I, yeah, and so when I went in, nobody there, who watched that could dispute that. 
Yeah, and when I went there, like my kickoff, even in the preseason stuff, like like the mock games, my kickoffs were better, everything else. And given the my thing was, we my wife and I always like when we when, whenever I'm at a workout or even like anything, we never try to put the car in front of the horse type of thing. So uh, come like after the second preseason game. I was five for five in the first one. And I think I was six of nine for the second one. Cause we ended up going to our like third holder and both of them were worse than that. And um, so I'm like, okay, so overall if they were to weigh preseasons or the mock games alone, I'm number one. If they were to do practices, I'm number one. And the fact that it's COVID and if you get COVID, you'll be out for two weeks until you pass it. I'm like, I punted in the CFL. So hello. I'm like a, at worst, I go to my wife. At worst, no brainer practice squad, and then hopefully I can be the number one guy to actually play for the Rams. And then so when they call me in that room and they're just like, "Hey, listen, uh, we're gonna let you go. Uh, we really appreciate you. you. Did a great job." And I try to ask them like, "Was there anything I did? Is there anything I can do to improve? All that." But you know, like once they let you go, they're not going to tell you what to work on so you can be better and beat them later yeah, on. Come back and beat them. <laughs> yeah. So for me, I was like, I I had never, that was like the hardest I've been like hit, you know what I mean? And just to get that, I'm like, I did everything. Cause you'd think, Hey, NFL best players play. It's, nope. You know, not yeah, always, not, not always, always buddy. Um, For me, like, but it taught me a lot. And I was as much as I want to have resentment, towards that situation, uh, I've really come to peace with it because, you know what, they gave me the opportunity. They put me on the map. So to say that I'm very disappointed at that moment, of course, I'm a competitive guy. I want to win. I want to be the guy. That's like if, if you, you don't have the type of mentality in pro sports, then you're not going to last very long. So for me, someone else beating me, I you know, as Michael Jordan said, I took that personally, right? So for me, I, I felt like I was slapped in the face. But at the end of the day, it's like we had a couple other teams contacting us and all that stuff. So I'm like, oh, it's like it's going to be good. And then, so we went to a few workouts, um, but some teams were just calling us in just in case. You know, they bring you in, you stay for the week. And then if some if they get COVID, then like, oh, we have Liram on uh, quarantine right now. So he can play this week. So some teams would just bring you in just to keep you around. So you'd go away for a week, sit in a hotel. And then you're trying to find a field where you can jump a fence and kick a ball. So it was a it was a rare 2020. Uh, but you know that moment, uh, as much as I'd like to have resentment, I've come to peace with it and spoken to the management even after the fact. Uh, like I spoke to Les a few weeks ago, um, and you know I, I'm just without them, I wouldn't be here today, right? It always takes that one guy, uh, one team, and same thing with Winnipeg. Like they gave me the shot to get me on the map, uh, and then uh, you know. You're a coach. You give the guy the opportunity, and once you give the guy the opportunity, you give him take off the training wheels, and it's like this is your turn to show us what you got. So, um, as much as I felt really angry towards them, I uh, I found peace and still cheering them on because I still have some of the friends uh, on that team. All right, let's 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 go to a happier moment. Yes, where <laughs> you get your opportunity. You sign mm -hmm. with the Cowboys. Yeah, go down there. And how did they do it? Who did it? And what was the scenario around them coming to you and say, Liram, you're on? Uh, for this week? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was brought in uh, training camp and I was brought in uh, after the first game of the season. Uh, um, 
week two for a PR position. So when they called me uh, last week, like, hey, we want to bring you in, this and that. And I had seen Greg do a couple of squibs. And, you know, like on TV, you don't know if they're on purpose or if they're, you know, by accident, right? So uh, for me, when I when I saw the squibs, I'm like, because he had uh, back surgery in the offseason. So I'm like, oh, wow, like he might be injured. But uh, once we got here, they told us that he had COVID. So I'm like, okay. And they had brought Brett Mahar, which I had competed against in Winnipeg So and in the CFL. So for me, it was between him and I. And um, my biggest thing has been, hey, we're playing Car- – or the coach was like, we're playing Cardell uh, Patterson this weekend, one of the most prolific, um, you know, kickoff returners. It's like Speedy B and, and uh, missed field goals in, in the CFL, you know. You're playing against Hamilton Tiger Cats and your field goal is above 45 yards. You're you're thinking twice to take that shot, right? So they're like, we need to have a guy who has a big leg. And uh, so we the way we did the workout was each of us got three kicks in a row, uh, left, middle, right, and then he'd move us around uh, until we had 12 field goals. Um, and fortunate enough, like he put us through uh, because in the, in the CFL, the time stops on a you know out of bounds or missed pass or whatever it is, they'll stop it until the ref is ready. Where in the NFL, the, that clock is running. So we did maydays, uh, you know, we did timeout. Uh, so you know, I I thought I like I thought I performed really well. I was hitting the ball really well, and it's just the fact that. It, uh, it shows that I've been preparing for these type of moments because I was on schedule of, you know, work, kicking, working out, yoga, everything I can do to possibly prepare for these type of moments. And um, I just connected really well with the ball that day. Uh, my kickoffs were really good and just really uh, impressed the front office and for them to, you know, pull me aside. And the crazy thing is our assistant G- GM, uh, Will. Uh, Will, McKay, Will McClay? Yeah, he... Uh, because every time I've been released, hey, Liram, uh, we need to chat. You know, <laughs> you always like. Well, so he called. He called you, and you're thinking. The one time he called me. The one, the other time he, he pulled me aside. Because uh, the second when I was released, uh, my second week it was on an off day, so I wasn't in the in the building. He's like, you can come in, or we can just talk over the phone. So every time, I, I, every time I have interaction with him, it's been negative. So they tell us to go shower up and then come back for lunch. And I'm like, hey, like I went 12 for 12. My kickoffs were great. Um, I had one that was like minus uh, 14, uh, another one that was minus nine, minus eight, and I think like minus two. So I'm like, the only one I'd like to have back is that minus two. But, you know, I crushed my 58-yard field goal, made all my kicks. I'm like, if I don't get chosen, like I don't know what I'm going to do here. You know what I mean? So I'm uh, go shower up. I, I walk towards the lunch area and I see Coach McCarthy and uh, Will having lunch. And Will calls me over, and I'm just like, my heart just drops for a second because every time I've had interaction with him, it's been like, hey, go pack your bags. <laughs> you the, grim, the Grim Reaper. Yeah, Grim Reaper. And he's like, hey, and I didn't even hear what he said the first like four or five words because he's like, hey, we're gonna uh, go meet up with Scott. Uh, he's gonna get you to sign the paperwork. And for me, it was like because I've met a lot of these guys, but I've only been there for one week at a time every like month. So like, I, I know most of the, uh, the, uh, the people's names, but I don't know them that well. So when I first was like, go to Scott and I'm like, ah, oh, crap, is that the, uh, the guy that books our flights and my heart just drops. I'm like, no, please come on. And he's like, we're going to sign you to a practice squad this week. And then if Greg can't, um, clear uh, protocols for COVID, uh, you're going to have the opportunity to play on Sunday. So, um, 
I, and I was fortunate um, to have the opportunity to play on Sunday. It was it was a long time coming, and I think and he uh, will and a lot of reporters asked if he felt any jitters, but uh, you know the type of games we played up there, it's really prepare, prepared me for moments like playing for the Cowboys, you know, and playing the NFL. To me, it's um, I felt really comfortable and felt at home, um, you know. So we weren't kicking in minus 20 with wind blowing at 60 kilometers or 40 miles an hour. So I was uh, I was good. <laughs> you're, kicking, you're kicking in as like a space station there. That's what I said, right? Hey, I, 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 I got to tell the fans. Mm -hmm. when I called you and mm -hmm. said, congratulations, I'd like yeah. to have you on this show. Yeah. Liram's reaction was, in a, he texted me back and he said, well, that's if I'm here this week. <laughs> Life of a kicker. There is no yeah. security whatsoever. No but security. <laughs> you know what? The thing, the thing that's so good about it is you, you, you have done it. Yes, now sir. they can never say, You've taken away, you know, and and so much of making a pro team is taking away their reasons to tell you no. Mm -hmm. And now exactly. you've taken away another one of the reasons because I, I remember having this when I was in Kansas City. Mm -hmm. We had brought in Lawrence Tynes because they mm -hmm. wanted to, to replace Todd Peterson. Mm -hmm. But and Lawrence had a good training camp. We go to preseason. He misses a field goal against the Redskins, right? Mm -hmm. And the next week gets an extra point blocked against the Bears, mm -hmm. and they cut him, even though Todd couldn't kick off and Todd's range was only to about the 40 mm -hmm. on field goals. But they just didn't want to take an unknown guy into yeah. a pressure environment. And that's one of the mm -hmm. hardest things for you guys to overcome. I'd like to take some questions from Absolutely. listeners because we've got such a great bunch of listeners. Mike, mm -hmm. can you come up, come on back out and, and we'll Fire some questions at Lyra. You there with us? Oh, I think I think we got Michael's no, got it. It's 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 five hours ahead here. I, I'm I'm tired. It's all good. Great <laughs> chat though, guys. Um, I have it here. So the first one is from Irish Cowboys. So they were saying for a start, fantastic guest. By the way, looking forward to it. But they were wondering, Liram, um, what's the biggest difference that you've seen since joining the Cowboys? What stood out to you on your arrival to the Star for the first time? Uh, is he speaking? Uh, this was just a text, or am I able to? Yeah, so he asked, like, uh, we, text. We, we put it to uh, that. Well, yeah, just, just like I'm assuming in terms of facilities or in terms of you think, uh, just the whole I think, thing. I think the environment, the general what experience. Like, yeah. what, what's it I mean, like to be a Dallas Cowboy? I mean, it's honestly, um, like it's a football fantasy to be honest out, out here. Like, uh, where we are, I'm like sitting, uh, like my wife came to the game on, on the weekend. And she got to the room while we were in practice. So I left her a room key downstairs and she comes in. She's like, oh, my God, the stadium's like right here. Because right behind me is a practice stadium and it's like 12,000 seats. Right. And we have our fields. Uh, we have a grass field and an, um, a turf field there as well. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, it's right downstairs. I'm like, that's our like practice stadium. <laughs> She's like, just wait till you see the actual stadium. <laughs> Your wife thought it was... You like yeah, she thought it was like right here because it's like it, it's big, like it, it's a big stadium. So when you walk into it, like it, like it only has it has uh, six thousand seats on each side, but like if it were to extend it to the other side, it can fit easily, like probably eighteen twenty thousand. So she thought, hey, it's indoor stadium. This is where he practices. She didn't know that we like it's the actual stadiums in Arlington. So she's like, okay, great, I'll wake up in the morning and fans, just go tailgate. <laughs> I hope the fans 
heard what you said. Oh, yeah. This is an indoor 12,000 yeah. seat practice facility. Oh, that the you, Cowboys have. if you if you guys uh, want to see the, a, a true like um, view, if you watch Hard Knocks, because the Hard Knocks were with the Cowboys this year and they did a, a flyby with a drone of the whole area. And it's honestly remarkable. Like, I mean, it, it's the most valued uh, team in the world, right? I mean, it only makes sense to have these type of facilities. But, you know, you really feel like a pro uh, and like you've made it when you have like facilities like this to show you like, hey, like you're saying, you have but the thing is, it, it, Texas, it, it, this is the, the mecca of football. Everything's you know? bigger, right? Everything's yeah. bigger. Like, hey, I got to tell you, yeah. speaking of bigger, yeah. the first time I went into the stadium, Mm-hmm. The the Jerry Dome, yeah, um, Jerry World. Uh, Jason Garrett was the head coach at the time, right. and he invited me to come to come to a scrimmage they were having during mini camp. And so I took my son, and and we went in, and I'm standing on the sideline, there and you know that's where I've lived my whole coaching life on the sideline. So, mm-hmm. but I found myself after about two minutes, I didn't watch the field. My eyes yeah. were on that incredible yeah. video board. Did, did yeah. that same thing happen to you? Honestly, for because when you're like right on the field, it's hard because like your neck start hurting. <laughs> so I try to, but I, again, I just try to be in the moment as much as I can and just focus on the game. But I, I've uh, the people that I've like talked to that watch the game is like, I should have just, I should have just watched the game at home. I was watching the TV more than the actual game because <laughs> the stadium is so big, you know, and the, the monitor is like. It's huge. It's it's incredible. Like uh, even like even high school football on Fridays, they'll have packed houses here, uh, you know, 10, 12,000 much like playing high school football. You know, so it's uh, it's great to be in, in an area like this where, uh, like I always said, even like in the CFL, you feel like you when you go to Winnipeg, you go to Saskatchewan, you go to Hamilton, you go to like any of these teams, you feel like a pro because you have all these fans that are such diehards and that really makes a difference for the players because, you know, when you're going out to, to grab a bite and like, Hey, that's Liram or Hey, that's Mazzoli or, you know what I mean? It's uh, people like that's the type of thing like that makes you proud to play on those teams, you know, for Hamilton, you know, all the guys, how proud they are. No one's stepping on that logo, no matter who they are. Yeah. You know, remember BC lines in 2009. Yeah, I remember cause I was at BC when they did, did that. Oh yeah. When you guys, Michael, give us another question for Liram. Yes, sir. Uh, I've got one more question here. I just want to give a shout out to UK Cowboys fans, Liram, who have been shouting you out all day. Uh, Alan says hello as well. And also uh, Jamie saying welcome to the Cowboys family. Uh, Last question. Fred Mm -hmm. Flunk saying, who is the biggest influence player um, in the Cowboys locker room this season? Influencer player? So the, the the biggest influence in the Cowboys locker room, and he means a player, not like Jerry Jones or anything. Like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> honestly, I think honestly, Dak, uh, his leadership. I mean, he is the quarterback, but even um, just the fact the way he carries himself, he he's the leader of the uh, the team. You know what I mean? But even you know, as cre- the type of person he is, you can tell right away from a guy. And we always talk about this, coach. It's like, you know, I'm a kicker. I was just a free agent a week ago and I come into to this team and yesterday he comes up to me and he's like, Hey, Liram, great game. Like he knows me by name. And for someone of his magnitude of his stature and, you know, he, he took the time to learn my name, come say hello. And you know, how's everything going? And just to talk to me for a second, that means a lot for, for me, especially for someone coming out uh, from the outside coming in. Um, but overall it just, the way he carries himself, you know, 
he's always, you know, taking care of his body. He's always in the meeting rooms. He's always, you know, on the field, he's leading the team. And I think that's why um, he's been really successful in the NFL. He's that pro's pro, you know, he knows how to handle business. And I think he's been the biggest influence uh, for the rest of the guys. And I think guys jump on his back and believe in what he's uh, bringing to the team. And I think that's why they've been uh, so successful so far. You know, there's a, there's a, huge amount of in my opinion uh, over a half dozen teams in the nfc that are i think worthy of super bowl consideration at this point in the season just past mm-hmm. the halfway mark the cowboys i think are one of those teams mm-hmm. Liram, for for you guys to to have such a huge bounce back win against mm-hmm. the falcons what was the energy like in the locker room afterward what, what was the feeling in the locker room afterwards you know what because uh the falcons as as well as we played, they've been playing really well. If you, as you know, like in the last few weeks, they, they've grinded out some big wins. Um, so we knew from the get-go that, you know, this was a statement win, not for to show the the, uh, the everyone around uh, outside the football, but it was more or less for us. So all week we were dialed in, meetings, uh, weight room, um, on the field for practice. We were dialed in. We knew what we had to take care of. And uh, we really stuck to the game plan uh, throughout the throughout the whole game and afterwards it was just one of those like like you can breathe again because you know Atlanta is not a bad team they've they've grinded some big wins and so just the fact of like hey it's one of those like mental checks like are we this good and it's like then you have a game like against uh uh, the week before against the Broncos and it's like then you the self-doubt start creeping in um, but then you like play play next week and you come out the way you come out like Yes, you know that it's a confidence builder of yes, we are that good, and it's getting back that mojo. So uh, I was even saying to some of the guys, like at, from a coach's uh, standpoint, you'd rather have that happen now and ha- use this as a learning point. And it's like, hey, right. run up that um, the mountain, right? That we always talk about in the tie cats. Like you know, it's it's part of the journey, and it's kind of you wanted to go up. You know, you're gonna have some some uh, low points, but you'd rather have them now than towards the end. So. I, if it could happen at any time, it was perfect timing. I think from a from outside perspective, that you know that happened the week before, and the way these guys responded were dialed in from the uh, from the get go. All right, now Owen Thomas, who comes from a very little town in yeah. Wales, had, <laughs> had the had the question for you. He says, "Yeah, do you pick yourself as a kicker in fantasy football leagues?" You know what's crazy? I've I used like in college I had like two three basketball teams. I even gone to hockey and uh, even football. I had two or three teams, and because I've been like really focused on football, um, I just haven't actually been in a team. I've been asked to join some of these teams uh, for fantasy, but all my friends uh, picked me. To, like hey. I put you in my fantasy. I put you in my fantasy. Don't let me down. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like, it, it's really cool when I get those type of emails or text messages. And, uh, you know, if I did have it, I'd definitely put my money myself. But, you know. <laughs> well, I, I tell you what, that, that, that is exactly what you have done, my man. You have bet on yourself. And, you know, I'm so happy for you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so proud of you. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate you. And honestly, I've learned so much from you uh, over the years. And even when we're just talking football with uh, Coach Fossil, it's like some of the things that we always talk about is you really helped me uh, like 
increase my uh, special teams uh, IQ. So when I'm in those meetings, I don't sound as, you know, just your typical kicker, you know, I actually know what I'm talking about. So it, it helps me a lot. And I really uh, owe a lot of thanks to you. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's been a great journey. And uh, to be able to be where I am today, I'm just super grateful. Um, not, for, not from just, you know, from all the coaches that I've had in the past. We always speak about uh, standing on the shoulders of those guys that came before us, um, you know, and that's part of coaching staff, players, uh, management, and, um, you know, they're all part of that journey of where we are today. Well, listen, my man, where you are today is just about ready to take off. And, I, and yes, I'm, I'm happy for you, like I said. I appreciate and, you. Uh, this is your great story for everybody about, persistence and toughness and self-belief and i appreciate awesome. that awesome. thanks so much coach i really appreciate right, you having me. love you i love you too all right take care oh boy ha tough one ha. man i'm telling you i'm so proud of him um, I'm just Amazing. literally typing a message to say thank now. Just thanks to just, just thanks to him now. That that was great. Even for me, just listening to it, uh, I feel like you could listen to him for like two weeks talking about his journey yeah. and stuff. So yeah, awesome. pretty special. Pretty special. Well, my man, that that's as actually a whole show with Dallas Cowboy kicker Liram Hajrahalu, and and I'm glad we invested that much time with him. I do have to question. I have one more question, and it's not for Liram. It's for you, Michael. Tell yeah. me about your picks last weekend. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I can't remember if there was like 11 or 12 games on Sunday. I picked four, correct? Um, I picked every late game wrong. I picked the Rams last night. Um, so did basically, see, did, did you see that coming? Did you see that coming at all with the Rams? Because I'll be honest, the guys with you. on the show last night said it could happen, but when you see like Vaughn Miller and, and and OBJ, this whole hype around their debuts in well for LA in Levi's, you, you just don't think the San Fran are going to go over the line, especially when LA has won that many games. But by God, they made the, they made the Rams look small last night. I'll, I'll um, bet you know George so, so Kittle, Jeff. George Kittle planted, and I mean planted and so for for the fans that may not know what i'm talking about when you plant somebody that means you pick them up and put them on the ground and he took vaughn miller and planted him talking the church I, I mean i couldn't believe it they were so much more physical than the rams uh, i mean grappolo threw 19 passes in an nfl game this isn't 1973 this is 2021. He threw 19 passes, and they blew the other team out. So that, I mean, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal week for the 49ers. I mean, if you're a 49er fan, you had to love every minute minute of it. Absolutely. And it's it's so good for 10 weeks. It's so unpredictable. It's so enjoyable. But also, uh, Thanksgiving next week, Jeff, I have no idea what day we're going to go out. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but we'll decide next week. And we will see the uh, the plans. It's sad that you're not going to be on TV, cutting a bit of turkey on TV, but I'm sure you'll be over soon. I know this is the first time in years now that I haven't been able to do that. But our, our CFL playoffs, we have one game left. Uh, we play Saskatchewan at home this weekend. If we win, we host a, we host a playoff game. Um, certainly 
playing in front of our fans is something we want to do. These great fans here and it'll pack the house and it'll be a great environment. We don't want to have to go to Montreal, uh, but <clears throat> we're going to have to wait on getting back to uh, back to the UK until until our season's over. And hopefully it'll be over with a we can bring back a great cup championship and talk about that on the show. But until next week, Mike, I think it's time that we say aloha. Yes, sir. Aloha. I, I think we. I think let's let's do it next Friday after the three games on the Thursday. Maybe we'll come back and confirm it. But uh, aloha, mahalo. Oh, so we'll be See like thanks, we'll be like leftover Thanksgiving turkey. It's the best turkey of them all. <laughs> so. All right, my man. Thank you See so you much. For, for thanks to everyone that's commented, folks, and watching that season. Thanks, fans.